0: Welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton. I'm the founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Ween, senior pastor of Genesis Covenant Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. He's also a Transforming Community alumni, which means that he and I have been in relationship for a long time. We know how to have fun in a conversation, and we are looking forward to having fun together today.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode four of season one. And today we're going to talk about engaging the scriptures for transformation. And I think I'm, I've been really looking forward to this mm-hmm. one, Ruth, actually, because I really do think uh, I love the scriptures and I love engaging them mm-hmm. with my heart, mind, and soul. But I also think there's this trap mm-hmm. that pastors fall into. And the trap is we only engage the scriptures, even in a vibrant way for what we're going to give away to others, and and we lose something. So um, what happens to our souls when we only engage the scriptures for other people Mm -hmm. as pastors, ministry leaders?
0: Yeah. Well, what happens is that the relational dynamic, the potential for the deepening of intimacy with God through scriptures begins to go away. And we're only thinking in sort of a performance-oriented way about the scriptures? How can I use the scripture as a tool for for my own work? And in that way, it can very subtly become a, a place of performance-oriented drivenness where now I'm not in the scriptures for this relationship with God and to deepen that relationship with God and to hear a word from the Lord. Now I'm doing my performing as it has to do with scripture, trying to make a really good sermon out of it, trying to get really profound with it, trying to find some way of presenting it to others that's creative that no one else has (laughs) ever done, you know? Especially on Easter and Christmas. Yes, exactly. And the pressure, then the scriptures become such a place of pressure for us rather than a place of encounter. That's actually the word I love to use Mm. as it has to relate to scripture is uh, where the scriptures cease to become a place of encounter. And they become a place where we're seeking to achieve our own goals. And oftentimes it's very utilitarian. Um, and, and it's not that the goals are bad. I mean, it's not bad to want to preach a really good sermon. It's not bad to want to figure out what you believe about something by studying the scriptures. It's not bad to want to bless somebody else with the use of scripture. But it's just not enough. It's not enough to feed our souls. Uh, we need the encounter with God that is about the relationship for the scriptures to be a place of transformation and, and actually restoration and renewal.
1: Yes, So can we dive into some of, we're going to ask a lot of questions here, but let's say uh, the listeners are just amening, Mm -hmm. like, yes, Mm -hmm. there's no disagreement here. Absolutely. That is what I need. Mm -hmm. My problem is every time I open them, it becomes three points. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and, and, and I I simply don't know Mm -hmm. how to put it down. And, you know, I I don't, I have forgotten how to encounter God in the scriptures for my own Mm -hmm. soul. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to me if I'm saying mm-hmm. that to you? In theory. Like, right. I'm not actually saying yes, that to yeah. you. I'm saying Yes, theory. of course
0: not. <laughs> of course not, because you're so far beyond it all, Steve. I know this, and you know I'm just telling our listeners that, of course, of course. you've got it all nailed no. down. Um, Asking for a friend. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's very similar to what we talked about in the session on prayer, and that is that in those private times that we have set aside, where we've said, what happens here is private, it's not gonna go beyond these walls unless God and I discern it together, that then we bring our engagement with scripture into that private place too. And it becomes part of that private thing that we do. And we determine that um, what happens here with me in the scriptures is not something that I'm gonna share with others too quickly either. There are some things that I'm gonna keep private for myself Um, until God frees me to share it or until it becomes the right time. And, you know, you can imagine, I mean, I am with people spiritually teaching and leading all the time. And it would be as much of a temptation for me as anyone. But that, that very early time of stepping out and having two years that were so private and knowing that I wouldn't have encountered God the way that I did if I hadn't kept it private and made it private, that's become almost a natural place for me now. That in my own in my own intimate times with God, very rarely does anything from there come out very quickly yeah. to other people. It's just almost walled off. Yeah. Um, there are things that I'm reading that no one knows that I'm reading. There are th- questions that I'm asking and exploring that no one knows that I'm asking and exploring. There are places that I go that you know to yeah. be with God that no one knows about um, because I, I have to have I have to have that, or else the relationship with God goes away. So I think scripture has to be a part of that private time. There are things that I'm um, encountering with God in scripture that are just for God and me right now. And it may be way later than it comes out, but not now. Uh, And not until God frees me up to do that. Like like if you had a private conversation with your spouse and you said, you know, I'd like to use this in a sermon someday, but I would never do that before you tell me it's okay. You know, that's what I'm talking about. That kind of concreteness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, um, uh, one of the things I learned from you that I love is finding yourself in mm-hmm. the characters yeah. of the scriptures. So using it imaginatively, and so talk about um, give an example of how you do that yourself uh, when and, and without you know mm-hmm. divulging anything that right. maybe you've mm-hmm. you know kept private, yeah. but. Um, I can remember a time where you led us through the experience when Jesus heals the the person that's blind Mm -hmm. and then the story goes on and on and on and on and on. It's like he he gets thrown out of his community Mm -hmm. and his parents even turn on him and you led us through that in such a winsome Mm -hmm. way where we could find ourselves with the blind man, maybe the Mm -hmm. parents, maybe the community that's... How, how, yeah. walk walk us through mm-hmm. that because I think that's very important yeah
0: well there are two aspects of finding ourselves in the stories um the first one and I'm going to make this one first and then we'll go to the other one next um, the first one is is understanding the fact that the scriptures are, not just a textbook, of course. They are the story, God's story, and how God has interacted in our in our own uh, human existence. And God is writing God's story, His story. You know, the yeah. word history actually yeah. becomes very very rich in that way. And that the story of the biblical history is our story too. And that the stories that we all live as as it relates to our humanity can be found in scripture. Um, Pretty much any kind of significant human experience can be found in the pages of scripture. And so the first invitation as we uh, work with this in the transforming community is that I invite people to ask God to show them where they are in the big picture of the biblical story of, of the revelation of who God is and God's work in human history. And I'm careful to tell people that this is not an exercise of the ego where you're trying to find a character that you want to be like. You know, it's not, I want to be like David. I want to be a man after God's own heart, so I'm David. Yeah. Or I want to be a leader like Moses, so I'm Moses. It's not that kind of <laughs> ego-driven, inspirational type thing. It is much more about where um, the fundamental story of your life is told in scripture and so typically it isn't a the person that inspires you it's yeah. typically a person whose story makes sense out of your story yeah. so people will often ask well is it only one person or because it can it change over time and I say no there's usually the one story that tells tells the story of your fundamental human existence what are the the, the realities that have shaped your life and finding that in the scriptures there are times when we find ourselves in all sorts of other stories in the bible like what you just described when i work people through john 9 and i invite people to find themselves in that story or in the story of blind bartimaeus as yeah. it has to do with desire um and imagine yourself in that story and who are you in this story and what happens when you face jesus on the road and jesus says what do you want me to do for you okay. so i think it's both that we will find ourselves in other stories of the scriptures all through our lives so for instance you know, I spent a number of years really really living in the story of Elijah. Yeah. And the book, Invitation to Solitude and Silence, emerged from that experience. But Elijah's not my story in that, in that big sense of the story that makes sense of my life. Um, I've spent many years in the life of Moses, and the book, you know, Strengthening the Soul yeah. of Your Leadership, emerged from that. But if you were to ask me where I find myself in the biblical story, it wouldn't be Moses. Because um, there's a part of my life that gets, you know, described there but not sort of the fundamental, essential, life-shaping aspects of my life. So um, while we will always be finding ourselves in the biblical stories, and there's something so valuable about that, I also encourage people to find themselves in the big story, the character that helps them to make sense of their lives, the story where you say, yes, that's my story being described right there. and oftentimes, honestly, it'll be a person where the painful aspect of their story yeah. makes sense of the painful aspect of yours that has shaped you. So I remember one time being with one person who um, found themselves in the story of Moses, but it wasn't the leadership parts of Moses. It was that experience of being an alien in a foreign yeah. land, that yeah. that dynamic that shaped Moses' life. and. Um, It was a painful place. It was a place that produced anger within him. His volatile leadership actually came out of that painful experience of being an alien in a foreign land and feeling victimized. And it actually ended up being a woman and she um, had been a missionary kid. And so her experience of finding herself in the story of Moses was the experience of finding that aspect of her existence where she was always an alien in a foreign land. She was always different because she was the missionary kid in the missionary family and finding herself in that part of the biblical story helped her to make sense out of some of the deepest shaping aspects of her life. And so even though it's tender and fragile and we just we just went through this particular retreat in the community that's going right now and it, it, that's another place in the whole process where people are very surprised at the tender place that it yes. takes them to because it it will it it touches those very early experiences that, that shape who we are now. And it's an amazing thing to find it in Scripture and to realize that your story is also being told there. Um, but then also to hear God name you. You know, I talk about the fact that we all have the name that our parents gave us. Yeah. But there's a name that God gives us, a very intimate name that um, only God knows. And when God speaks that to us and tells us that that's who we are, it, there's something about being known like that oh. that is so satisfying and it's it's unnerving yeah um, because maybe we have actually shoved that aspect of our existence aside and didn't want to look at it and now yeah. here it is, you know and God is talking to us about it, you know
1: well, even as you're saying that just all these emotions are coming up for me. I remember this so I'm going to contrast two experiences mm-hmm. one I was with a bunch of men mm-hmm. and it was like, Discover your name. Mm-hmm. And so, And it was well intended.
0: Mm, yes. Were you beating your chest, too? Really, basically.
1: <laughs> but, you know, everyone came up with yeah. Braveheart and mm-hmm. Aragorn and yeah. all these classic yeah. mythic mm-hmm. names that we all want to be. Yeah. You know, we all right. want to be. Um, nothing wrong with that desire. No, not at nothing all. Nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. But I also remember the time where I really do feel like I got named mm-hmm. by God, and it was very different. Mm-hmm. It was completely it was very tender yes I didn't like it even at Mm-mm. first you know it was very surprising so um we're we're we're, we're back to control yeah And so for someone who would listen to this and say oh I desperately want that mm-hmm. I want to find my character mm-hmm. my, R- place, in my place in the story my place in the story I don't want to control it mm-hmm. I don't want to how would I go about doing that?
0: Yeah. And this is a hard one because um, leaders are, by definition, people who want to make it happen. Yep. And this is one of the places where leaders work the hardest and get the most frustrated when they can't make this one happen. Yeah. Because it's not about rifling through your Bible, trying to find the person that you want to be like. You know? <laughs> uh, It's not at all. It's more of being open and saying, God, I'm open to you showing me where I am in the story and then letting that happen at God's initiative and in God's way and in God's time, by the way. So sometimes we're just not ready. And so God waits until the right time. So it's more about being open. There's not really much more that we can do than to be open and to pray that God will uh, show us our place in the story uh, when it's when it's the right time and in the right way, sometimes it comes really quickly, all in a whoosh. You know, yeah. and I, that's the way it happened for me the first time I was guided through this experience. Um, as the person was describing it, I knew who it was. Wow! Wow! And it was, um, it was kind of amazing to have it. Ha- and I've known many other people for whom it happened sort of in a moment, like a whoosh. Yeah. And then there's other people for whom it takes some time, and the, God only knows why why it had to take a little bit longer. Okay. There's no way to force this one.
1: Yeah and i think so patience mm-hmm. trust again that's right. we're, we're back mm-hmm. to trust right. we're back to releasing mm-hmm. control and i also think uh, we've said this a lot too over the episodes so far but releasing shame if we're if yes. we you know if we want to mm-hmm. be this certain character okay fine yeah. there's probably right. a reason you want to be right. that character mm-hmm. that's great that's don't don't reject yeah. that but allow that to go deeper, yeah. the layer of the onion, yes. allow that to go deeper. And of deeper.
0: course, there, there's nothing bad at all about seeing people in scripture that you that inspire you to be yeah. the person that God wants you to be. Because I, I mean, I continue, I'm very moved by the story of Elijah, yeah. very moved by the person of Moses and how he endured through 50 years of really hard leadership experience. I want to be like Moses in significant ways. I pray that God will do that in my heart and in my life. But it, his story doesn't tell the fundamental story of my life. Yeah. You know? Okay,
1: yes. So so encounter is a big word for you mm-hmm. when it comes to the scriptures. And the phrase that I remember from you over and over again is encountering the scriptures for transformation mm-hmm. rather than information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember this, you know, going through the, the love letter versus the mm-hmm. newspaper. Yeah. Talk more about that as it relates to encountering God in the scriptures.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I do invite people to consider how it felt, if they can remember a time when they were exchanging love letters with yeah. someone and what that felt like. And it's, it's a very energized conversation. People actually love it. Oh, yeah. And the men are just as excited about oh, that yeah. as the women, oh, yeah. you know, to go back to a time when they were exchanging love letters with someone and to remember what it felt like to get that communication and how you maybe went off to a private place and you savored every word and you kept it in some private place and you know, it engaged your imagination and your um, excitement. I mean, it just engaged all of who you are. Uh, And then you contrast that with reading textbooks and reading a newspaper, which is a much more deadening experience than what we just described. And then just wondering and asking people to consider, what is your relationship with scripture like? Is it more like engaging a love letter or is it more like a textbook or a newspaper? And of course, the sobering, you know, realization is that many of us engage scripture more like a textbook or a newspaper than we do like a love letter. And the question is, how do we come back to a place of engaging the love letter? Because a love letter is all about the relationship. It's not about facts and information. It's about, you know, relationship and a developing relationship and getting to know a person and engaging all of your senses with with that person. Um, Heart, soul, mind, strength, all of it. Imagination, curiosity, wonderment. Um, And so... The, the challenge with scripture, especially for people who are in pastoral leadership who open the scriptures to other people for their betterment, the challenge is how do I create a space where I'm engaging scripture just for myself, just for the relationship between me and God, um, and how can I return to a place where the scriptures are a place of encounter, relational encounter, as opposed to just a place of gathering information. Information's is important, yeah. and I don't want to dismiss that. I um, You know, I have studied scripture all my life from the time I was very young. I was preaching sermons and family devotions in sixth grade. So, I mean, I love the study of scripture. Um, At the same time, there is a limit to what the study of scripture can do at the heart level or at the soul level. And so, in Sacred Rhythms, I describe the process of um, coming into a relationship with God and through scripture, and what that was like when I was a very young Christian. And then getting to a place where it became a place of performance oriented drivenness as I came into ministry. And then actually giving up on the scriptures for a while. That was where my own spiritual director said, just stop it. Yeah. You know, so I was still using scripture for ministry, but in my own private devotion I wasn't yeah. using it anymore because um, I was trying to find those ways of being more receptive. And so solitude and silence were beautiful because I let go of all of my hard work in Scripture, too. Yeah. But then eventually, you know, God brought me back to some other ways of being with Scripture that are deeply rooted in our Christian tradition. Finding ourselves in the story is one, but Lexio Divina, yeah. a contemplative reading of Scripture that was so consistent with the practice of solitude and silence that literally that's what brought me back into a relationship with Scripture where then regularly and routinely I was encountering God in a a more relational way again. Um, Still doing what I was doing in ministry, but preserving this private place for a private encounter with God.
1: Talk more about Lectio Divina, what it is, and how to practice it. Because in my experience, for people that have just— They feel like they've read every word of the Bible Mm -hmm. before and nothing is fresh. right. The imaginative exercise Mm -hmm. of Lectio Divina seems to open it up again. So can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about that and why you think that is?
0: Well, Lectio Divina is an an ancient practice. It was practiced by the monks and nuns. And and Saint Benedict was the first one to bring this process to the monks that were living in the monastery that he was leading. And it involves a, a reading of scripture that's very slow and rhythmic. So there's this rhythmic relationship between silence and word. So you begin with silence as a way of, of um, calming the inner chaos and making yourself open and available to God. You can even use a little breath prayer there. Um, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening that comes from the book of Samuel. And then there are four moves in the process that, again, rhythmically, silence and words. So after that opening silence, then if it's it, you, you can either do this with your own reading or you mm-hmm. can have someone reading it out loud, which actually is most people's preference to have Lectio Divina done um, In in an oral tradition, yeah. yeah. So um, the scriptures are read the first time in the first move, and in the first move with this scripture, you're to listen for the word or the phrase that strikes you and just listen for the word that is louder than all the other words for you, the word that maybe causes a visceral response, a word that maybe brings tears to your eyes, a word that's particularly applicable, but maybe you don't even know why at this point in your life. But all you do with it at that point is just savor it. Like you would savor the words of a love letter. Yeah. So there's a silence that follows the word.
1: So this is not a time to have your Greek and Hebrew out and your study concordances and stuff.
0: No, you're not. And and it's also a time when you're saying to your intellect, Write down. Yeah, yeah. You're not the most (laughs) important dynamic in in this encounter here. So in the silence, you just savor it. You maybe repeat it over and over again. You don't try to figure it out you know why god's giving me this word right now or i wish i could have had another word why did i have to get this word nothing (laughs) like that it's not an intellectual thing you just savor it maybe repeat it allow it to deepen in your heart um and then there will be a second reading of the very same scripture and this is one reason why it's powerful also we as protestants we often read huge passages of scripture, then somebody gets up and gives a three-point sermon, and then next week we're on to the next thing, and there's no time you know, to ha- allow it to deepen in its impact. So we read the same scripture again for the second time, and this time you're to listen for the way in which your life is touched by this word. Maybe ask the question, what in my life needs to hear this word right now? And then there's a silence, and in that silence you ponder, what in my life needs to hear this word? right now and it doesn't have to be momentous it could be something very um almost inconsequential but something that's important in god's design see god's the one doing the choosing and this, yes. not you um yes. so then after that silence you know how, how is my life touched by this word today then we go on to the third reading and the third reading um has to do with listening for an invitation? Is there a way in which God is inviting me to something? What is God inviting me to in and through this word? And then the silence that follows that move, um, the silence there is a little bit longer because that's where the conversation, the dialogue develops. Um, So God invites you. You're hearing God invite you to something. Like I feel I hear God inviting me to trust him more deeply. Um, I hear God inviting me to maybe uh, do something a little bit risky Uh, Maybe God's confronted an area of sin or a place where I'm not like Christ, and and I'm sitting with the realization of that. And so um, God is inviting me to let go of this particular thought pattern or sin pattern in my life. And then you respond. See, now this is where the dialogue gets going. So God invites you through the word. You hear the invitation, and now you respond and you might want to say you want me to do what i mean you know like just the full range of whatever might happen or i can't possibly do that that is way too hard or i have no idea how i would ever how i would ever do that or maybe if if we have been challenged around our own character then the response is oh god you know i'm so sorry I, i i ask your forgiveness and there's this interaction that has to do with confession and forgiveness or maybe it's a word of love on this day and and God's love penetrates us differently than it ever has before and there's just tears of response and and receiving the gift of God's love. So that's that's what that move is. It's it's a dialogue, it's a conversation, it's an invitation and a response. It's very very relational. And all of this is happening at God's initiative, not our own. Usually we are surprised yeah. by what God brings us in these experiences. Um, if if you're alone, this is also a very good place to journal. Yes. Um, and so if you're doing Lexio in an individual way, or even after the whole experience, if you've done it with other people, I suggest that this is the point where you want to do some journaling, because you could just start out very simply by saying, God, what I hear you inviting me to is, write it down, and then you respond, and you just go, you just go, and and respond. And then eventually there'll be a fourth reading of the scriptures and in this reading, the invitation is just to rest in God and to realize that whatever most needs to be done in our life, whatever God is calling me to is God's to do. And we trust in the one who has called us that he will be faithful. And we trust God to bring it about in our lives. So we don't even emerge from Lexio Divina with that activistic energy, I'm gonna go get this done. you know? (laughs) Like you emerge from this time still trusting, still open, still receptive, that whatever most needs to be done in your life God will do. Again, a very restful way of being with Scripture because the initiative is all God's. Yep. We're not trying to figure anything else out. Um, and then even what God calls us to do out of that, we're dropping into that Psalm 131 place, trusting God like the small child, that what is most needed in our lives will be given. Yes. So and we, that's an encounter, isn't it? Oh, I mean, see, time. that's an encounter. That's conversation. Yep. That's being impacted by love. That's not learning something new about on this day
1: when I really enjoy the response part can be whatever your honest response is I love Mm -hmm. that could be absolutely 100% yeah I'm in Mm -hmm. that's my heart yeah could be oh my gosh are you kidding me no way there's no possibility I can't see that Mm -hmm. uh and and that is intimacy um and that brings you to prayer Mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff so we've talked so we've talked about Lectio we've talked about finding yourself in the story uh, lastly, can we talk about reading the scriptures in community mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. others? Because that's, frankly, where I see yeah. a lot of striving. People yes. are trying to one-up each other. Mm-hmm. People are trying to have the insightful comment, and yeah. it gets really funky.
0: Yeah. Well, for one thing, Lexio Divina can be done right. in community, and that it's a beautiful way of being in community with other people, because you're just you know if you're doing the exercise in community then there in addition to the silence then there's a moment for the group to go around and just state what they're hearing from god yeah. so you state just the word or the phrase that god has given to you you state simply how you feel invited by this word, or what in your life is touched by this word, and there's no discussion. See, it's so fabulous. I don't know about you, but I get so tired oh. of these spiritual conversations oh. we all try to have. So the idea that I could just say what I'm hearing from God, and you're just going to receive that, you're going to give me your eye contact, you're going to give me your good body language, but you know, we're not going to get into a commentary or a discussion or you telling me what you think I ought to do with that. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, it's so intimate in community to yeah. have this experience in community. So I, I do want to make the point that that, this can be a communal exercise that is very intimate at the yes. level of spiritual companioning. Yes. The other practice with scripture that we can do in community in particular, it's wonderful, private too, but it's meant more as a communal thing, is the practice of using a common lectionary. And what yes. we mean by that is a common reading schedule. And most of us use the revised common lectionary that's been affirmed by the church broadly for a long, long time. And What that means is that we are following a a schedule of readings that move us through the cycle of the church year and move us through the life of Christ in a periodic way, get us through the Psalms, get us through the epistles, and we're reading... Um, these great scriptures of our faith, but if we're doing it in community, that means all of us are being shaped by yeah. the very same scriptures. And rather than it all being about what the preacher is preaching, we're all right. following the lectionary. We're all hearing God speak to us out of the lectionary. And then when we do gather, there can be preaching out of that lectionary passage, but there's been space for God to work with us as individuals, which is is really wonderful. Then we're all bringing something you yes. know, to that table. The other thing... Um, is that we can use scripture this way in a leadership environment. And so one of my favorite stories to tell is um, very early in our lives in the transforming community, we've always do, done fixed hour prayer. We've always followed the lectionary. That's just part of what we've done for 15 years. And so that means that there's all this room for surprise. Yeah. I'm not picking the scriptures right. when we come to a board meeting. You know, I, We're following the common lectionary that everybody else around the world is following. So we're gonna take what God gives us, which creates so much space for God. And it creates so much space for God to surprise us. Yes. So there was this one day when we were having a one day board meeting, which is not very much time for all the agenda items that I had, you know, for us to discuss. And I remember really wishing that we weren't committed to fixed hour prayer. Yes. Because at nine o'clock, I or at eight o'clock or whatever it was, I wanted to jump into the agenda. I didn't yeah. want to take time for this liturgical fixed hour <laughs> prayer. But because we were committed as a community to this, I'm submitting to our life together in community, we're doing fixed hour prayer. And we're following the lectionary. Which also meant that we were taking the scripture that was for that day in the church. I wasn't picking it for my agenda. And on that particular day, we were in, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10 or 2 Corinthians 10. I wish I could remember. But there was this passage by the Apostle Paul about living within limits. And he uses the word limits three times. And he talks about only working the field that God has given us to work and only, you know, working in our own sphere of action and all that. And I'm like, really? I've studied the Bible for 25 years and I do not remember this passage. Now, see, that tells us how we can filter out stuff that we don't want. know yes so i've been studying the scripture i've been to seminary all you know i'm a pastor's kid i have sat in church multiple times a week for years and i had never engaged this passage but because we are following the lectionary god's making sure that i have to engage this passage and not only alone but like we're all hearing it the whole group yeah Well, I'm telling you, I didn't want to hear about limits on that day. I had visions of grandiosity for our board meeting that day about all I was going to present that we were going to accomplish. But what's God doing? God's got another message. And it's about living within our limits. And it's about really identifying the field that God has given us to work and being really faithful in that field. Well, that changed the way I led the meeting. It changed our whole perspective collectively on how we walked into the meeting. It changed the questions we asked. Like, if we do this, will we be living within our limits? Wow. Well, what leadership groups get together and talk about that kind of a question? Mm. Mm. Usually we get together and we're going to talk about how we can blow it out. Yeah, blow it out, take the next hill, do something big for God. And yet God had a different message for us in the leadership environment. So these are very powerful practices, not only for ourselves as individuals, but if we're willing to engage the scriptures this way in community, God's going to change how and who we are in community.
1: Yeah, and some people, some pastors heard that and, and and said, "Whoa, you you guys read the scriptures before meetings? Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> <I> mean, <fascinating. laughs> yeah, that's like, right. Like, whoa, we actually could do that. <laughs> that's right. Um, but then the second thing is, you actually had the the wisdom to pivot. Yeah, you know, to,
0: and really, can I, if I can just use the word submission again? Yes. I, I and we were submitting to something greater than ourselves. Right. We're submitting to the scriptures that the whole church is reading. Yeah. We allowed those scriptures to penetrate our hearts, and we decided to submit to this message from scripture because we believed it was from God.
1: You know, our church follows their Vice-Common Lectionary, mm-hmm. not common for a church plant. One of the guys in our community felt led to create a a, a website where— he on Sunday night he reads every mm-hmm. all all the day's um readings mm-hmm. all, all all the week's readings and then he puts it on the website so everyone from our church yes. can can get hear on it in Lexio it's, it's a podcast they, they can mm-hmm. listen to it and it's such a gift. I do it yeah, I do it almost mm-hmm. every day um and so there's just endless mm-hmm. ways that this can yes. flesh itself out exactly. in, in community and. Uh, and I just so echo the surprising places mm-hmm. that we find ourselves in, where the world is right now. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. Uh, Ruth, so good uh, encountering the scriptures for transformation, engaging the scriptures for transformation. And um, so, thank you so much. In in the next episode, we're going to be talking about honoring the body yeah. as a spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm and uh, what the body has to do with our spiritual life. And I think this one, I think this one among all the other ones is the biggest what yeah, mm-hmm. for most of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. Our bodies are separate. They're, they don't have anything to do with our, with our mm-hmm. spiritual lives. And so right. uh, do you have anything to say to tee that up?
0: Well, it's exciting. I think this is the biggest surprise for people on this journey is that we would make such a strong connection between the body and our spiritual lives. It's also lovely. Um, because we we integrate a part of ourselves that many of us have set aside and almost compartmentalized. And so to bring that into our spirituality is um, enlivening. It's catalytic. I would actually say it's catalytic to the spiritual life. And I can't wait to talk about it. All right.
1: Well, stay tuned, gang, and we'll see you for episode five.
0: Thanks so much for listening today. There are so many podcasts out there, and we are grateful that you've chosen to spend this 30 minutes with us. Thank you so much, Steve, for such a great set of questions and for taking your own step of faith to join a transforming community so long ago in 2011. If you're a pastor, or a clergy person, or hold a leadership position in some Christian ministry organization, and if you want to forge a stronger connection between your soul and your leadership, and if the topic of today strikes a chord with you, um, consider this as an invitation to learn more about the Transforming Community, a two-year experience of spiritual formation for pastors and Christian leaders. Our experience is grounded in scripture, it's animated by a Trinitarian approach to transformation in community. It's informed by the richness and the diversity of our Christian heritage. So if you'd like to take advantage of that, just visit our blog, transformingcenter.org. Find the show notes for this episode. And we'll also have links there to the other resources that we have mentioned in this podcast. Thank you for listening. We pray that these resources and this conversation will be an ongoing blessing for you in your life and leadership.